At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. For as much as I may have been up and down on a day-to-day basis on the NHL playoffs, boy, did I nail it on a series-to-series perspective. I didn't get a single one wrong, and I nailed some dead on. I had Rangers in six and ended up being Rangers in seven over the Penguins, granted under dubious circumstances. But when you get it wrong, you get it wrong. When you get it right, you get it right. And my bet was simple, New York to win, and the Rangers did. I had the Panthers minus one and a half games against the Caps. They win in six. That cashed. My two upsets were St. Louis and Tampa. I had Tampa in seven. That happened. I had St. Louis in seven. They actually won in six. And I had Colorado in five and Calgary in six. I also had the Hurricanes in five. The Flames and Canes made me sweat. But I just had them straight anyway. So I was perfect in terms of series winners. Now, I didn't bet them all. I wish I had. I only played about half of those in some combination or another. But, like, you know, betting on the Avs to win, what value was there in that? They were such prohibitive favorites over the Predators, and rightfully so, as it turns out. But aside from game totals in the Flames and Canes the first round, I was pretty much dead on on just about all of them. So... I'm looking forward to the next round and seeing if my momentum can carry, but I think it's going to be a heck of a lot harder. This round was pretty easy to call. Next round, not so much. I am Tim Benz. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. It's just Pirates and Maulers moving forward until August now, isn't it, with the Penguins done, at least Pittsburgh gambling-wise. But, hey, that's why you still have the rest of the NHL. And to that point, it's hockey playoff time, and Bet Rivers has a special offer through the entire NHL playoffs. Throughout the playoffs, 
placed three same-game parlays of $10 or more on each round and received $10 in free bets at the conclusion of each round. Think of it as a betting hat trick. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Create your ideal combo with same-game parlays on the BetRivers app or at BetRivers.com, presented by Rivers Casino, Pittsburgh. you got to be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Lightning and Panthers in the All-Florida Series. That starts tomorrow, so does the Colorado and St. Louis Series. Is Colorado really going to remember how to skate at this point? My God, it's been so long. I like the Avs in six in that series, but I really like the Blues at plus 180 in the opener. The Avs are rested, but I bet also rusty. The Blues should be rested enough, but also sharp. Give me St. Louis in game one, but also give me the Avs in the series in six. That pays out at plus 400. Those are pretty good odds. Colorado to sweep is plus 390, and in five is plus 290. I disagree. I think the Blues test them. I think it's crazy to say sweep. And the more narrow odds being for that category or in five, uh, I say abs in six. And like I said, it's at plus 400. I might take that specific game play. I'm really fond of that one. Maybe I'll just take St. Louis getting two and a half games. That's at minus 152. That's kind of worth it to me. I also love the Lightning to win their series against Florida at plus 125. I don't think the Panthers ever really found themselves against the Caps so much as the Caps couldn't get over the hump when they had momentum in their favor. They couldn't close out overtime in Game 5. They blew the three-goal lead in Game 6. Florida left me wanting in that series. Tampa played tough and stayed tough through the seven games against the Leafs. Tampa in seven is my call here. Just take them straight and get plus money. That's what I'm saying. But if you're curious, and you should be, Picking a seven-game series there goes to plus 225 regardless of who wins. I adore that bet. And Lightning to win four games to three is at plus 655 for a game-specific play. I want to lay some of these team-specific bets in these two series a lot. I don't know how many of them are going to do. I love them all. The other two series, though, I think are harder to call, especially on some of the team and series-specific bets. I have much less of a feel for Rangers, Hurricanes, and Oilers versus Flames. I like the Canes. I don't love them at minus 195, though. They struggled too much for my liking to dispatch the Bruins. I'll say this, though. With Shesterkin's issues playing in Pittsburgh and the home ice advantage in Raleigh, that could be a real problem for New York. I think the Canes win in seven. Right now, them winning in seven or winning in six is exactly... The same at plus 450, which sort of suggests that my favorite bet for this series is spot on, and that's Rangers getting a game and a half. It's not super expensive either, only minus 125. Go ahead and take that, hedge it later if you want, or just spend to buy the Canes at minus 195 if you feel confident. The Flames versus Oilers here, my gut on this one is just go for value. It isn't really the Flames at minus 195 to win the series, though. I thought with the flash and dash of the McDavid and Dreisaitl factor, that line might be a little bit smaller. It isn't. I think the best value on the board in this one is Flames at minus 1.5. It pays out at plus 100. So if you think the Flames can win in six or fewer, you get plus money. My hunch is, though, that the Flames win in seven. That would be Edmonton at plus 1.5, paying out at minus 125. 
but the exact pick is at plus 450 for Flames over the Oilers, and maybe that's where I end up going. As for wrapping up the Penguins and Rangers, first round Eastern Conference playoff series, it lasted seven games and 13 days. It felt like it lasted 70 games and 130 days. We witnessed the following things all in one series. A triple overtime Penguins winning game one, an overtime Rangers winning game seven, the immediate ascension and sudden demise of Penguins goalie Louis Domingue, Rangers goalie Igor Sesterkin expanded on his stellar regular season, then fell completely apart, then put himself back together again. Sidney Crosby owned the first four games of the series, got knocked out for a game and a half, then he returned for game seven. But more than anything else, the storyline of the Rangers' eventual 4-3 series victory should be about one thing, and that's the Penguins' inability to protect leads. The Penguins blew 2-0 leads in games five and six. They blew two different one-goal leads in game seven. Mike Sullivan was asked about that after the game, and his answer was a little bit curt. Yeah, handful of leads in games uh, five and six, mostly leads at night. Um, obviously, the Rangers are a pretty talented team. They're very resilient, but why were leads so difficult on the stretch of the year? Because two good teams out there are competing. Some Sometimes we had leads, sometimes they had leads. They had leads in game one, and we beat them in overtime. They had a lead tonight. We ended up with a lead in the third period. It's hockey. Goaltending was part of that problem. Domingue was a third stringer pressed into service. Tristan Jari was playing his first game since April the 14th. In a game seven at Madison Square Garden against a talented offensive opponent with a likely Vezina Trophy winner in the other net. Come on, the odds are stacked against you there, right? But enough went wrong beyond the blue paint to allow those leads to evaporate. Brian Rust's Missed open cage in the third period of game six. Penguins players repeatedly screened their own goaltenders. Squandered five-on-three power plays. Anemic penalty kills. Own goals that were kicked and tipped in by the Penguins defensemen. Bad giveaways and ill-advised penalties. After game six, defenseman Mike Matheson said his team needed to avoid getting rattled when things went the wrong way. That seemed to be less of a problem in Game 7 than it was in the previous two contests. Emotional instability didn't strike me as the team's biggest problem. New York didn't overcome its deficits in a massive wave Sunday as it did on Wednesday and Friday. Instead, Sunday's loss was marked by a failure to add on to the leads, an inability to extend momentum and build a cushion, never being markedly better than the Rangers to a point where the Penguins could be comfortably distant and really make New York feel as if it was chasing the game, so to speak. Here's Sidney Crosby on that. I don't know. I think I think we played the right way. You know, I think uh, you look at game five, we had a tough span of a few minutes. Uh, game six, probably even shorter span than that. You know, when they get back in the game tonight, I mean, we're just, you know, we're on the wrong end of some bad bounces, you know. We played a great game tonight. We played some good hockey throughout the series. We didn't get that next one tonight. That probably was the difference. But I think even we had those leads, we still played the right way. Uh, but tonight, I think, was you know an example of one game, anything can happen. And we didn't get that, that extra goal there late in the game. It's the second 3-1 blown series lead to the Rangers in eight years. It's also the third series defeat at the hands of New York since the 2014 postseason. 
That's quite a turn given the Penguins' history of success against the Rangers in the past when it came to playoff matchups. But now the question for the Penguins becomes if this team will be back to the playoffs next season or for the next few to come. After 16 straight years of making the playoffs, next year's team may be without core members such as Chris Letang, Evgeny Malkin, and Brian Rust. They're all free agents this summer. And if they all leave of their own choosing or the franchise doesn't want them back, they'll go out with losses in five straight playoff series and four consecutive first-round defeats. That would be an ugly end to a glorious era of Penguins hockey and a potential reboot around whatever remains of Sidney Crosby's career. It doesn't seem to be something that Sid wants to consider, at least not at this point. It's a possibility. I think we knew that coming into the playoffs, but... I think you try not to, to really think about that. You hope that you know, we make a good run, and it's something in the back of your mind. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's it's something that uh, we knew was a possibility heading into the playoffs, but I don't think it's something that I really tried to think about too much, to be honest with you. Crosby may not be ready to go there yet. Unfortunately for him, Fenway Sports Group, the organization's New ownership very well may be willing to go there. In fact, that's what we talk about next with Mark Madden from 105.9 The X, our weekly Madden Monday podcast. That is on the way next. We'll also talk some Steelers as their schedule was revealed. We'll kick that around with Mark, too. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast, and it's brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh, must be 21 gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. It is Madden Monday. Tim Vance with you, brought to you as always by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. Mark Madden from 1059 The X and Trib Live after the Penguins have been eliminated by the New York Rangers. Final score in overtime 4 3, Rangers win 4 3. The series goes to New York. And we're brought to you by Bet Rivers with their special NHL playoff offer. Throughout the playoffs, place three same game parlays of $10 or more on each round and receive a $10 free bet at the conclusion of each round. Think of it as a betting hat trick. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Create your ideal combo with same-game parlays in the BetRivers app or at BetRivers.com. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Mark, over the last three games, the theme was blown leads by the Penguins. Leads of 2-0, 2-0, and then two different leads in Game 7, culminating in a Panarin overtime goal. What did you make of how those leads evaporated for the Penguins over the last three contests? Well, Tim, the Penguins got exactly what they deserved. They were up three games to one. They led by two goals in Game 5. They led by two goals in Game 6. They led by a goal twice in Game 7 and gave up the tying goal with under six minutes left to regulation. They just kept blowing the lead. So you can't say they deserve better. Despite the injuries, despite whatever excuses you want to make, despite Jari not being sharp. I didn't think he was bad in Game 7. I don't think he was particularly sharp either. But the Penguins blew it. Uh, Choked is too strong a word, or maybe it's not. 
One consistent theme that I thought was a problem throughout the course of the seven games, Crosby's injury or not, Deming playing or not, the goalies sure were screened a bunch, and it looked like Jari was trying to peek around Latang when Kreider bumped him into his uh, field of vision on that last one. But Jari also, and this might be rust, I found him to be a little deep in his net quite a bit too. Yep, yep, definitely a little deep in his net. I don't think any of the goals were bad, but I'm wondering if he could have played game six. You know what I mean? If he was able to play game six, I don't see what gets that much better in a couple days. He would have been that much sharper for game seven. I also wonder why some of the other guys didn't play in game six. Uh, clearly, Sid was in no danger to long-term injury. Did that much change in a couple of days? I don't know. I'm asking. But the Penguins are so used to looking at a big picture. I wonder if they just don't understand when there isn't a big picture. When all there is is right now, which is what the situation was when they hadn't won a playoff series since 2018, and now four straight first-round exits and running. Uh, again, I'm incredibly disappointed. There were a, a bunch of nitpicky things. Not not nitpicky things, because they're magnified under the harsh clear of the playoffs, but you know the, the blown five-on-three power plays during the course of the series, the inability to win face-offs on the penalty kill. Like tonight, when the Rangers had the power play, Tim, they had the puck for the entire two minutes or until they scored on all their power plays. Yeah, and and the... if that's an exaggeration, it's only a slight one. At what point does Sullivan read the room and say, okay, I know he doesn't normally kill penalties, but maybe Sid could win a face-off? I also saw, Mark, quite a bit when it came to problems for the Penguins that were repeated issues throughout the playoffs. Things like own goals, you know, just defensemen in the wrong place. Yeah, Mike Matheson, three own goals, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, One uh, that was partially his fault tonight, too. So, you know, I, I just, there are repeated problems that you could have fixed to why the Penguins lost this series beyond, oh, woe is us. We had to play with Louis Domingue and without Sid. Well, at any rate, maybe it's the best thing that could happen to the franchise, Tim, because there's no pretending now that there's one more run to get out of this group or that the free agent should be kept. Uh, you you got to overhaul the team. And I'm not saying burn it down and rebuild with youth and try to tank for the first-round draft pick because Fenway Sports Group isn't going to do that. Nor is Fenway Sports Group going to bring back guys for sentimental reasons that they don't have any sentiment towards, that they have no ties to. So I expect plenty of changes. I expect both Hextall and Burke will be gone, if not sooner than certainly later. In fact, I've been told Burke's not coming back next year for sure. And I doubt if Hextall will be here for the long haul or maybe even the short run because the first thing Fenway does when they get a team is bring in the best management possible. Burke and Hextall do not come under the heading of best management possible unless you're Jeff Carter, who Ron Hextall just keeps giving contracts and money to. And by the way, I'm sorry, big Jeff Carter, he's, he's not very good anymore. Okay, he, he, he may be a veteran, but sometimes you're just an old player. That's all he was at the end of the season, was just an old player who lost face-off after face-off, didn't do anything on the penalty kill. And, and the fact that they extended his contract, when you have Rust, Latang, and Malkin still undetermined as to their fate, boy, that was such, such a favor for a friend with the two L.A. buddies, you know, Hextall helping Carter out. I, I don't get that extension at all. I didn't get it then. I get it even less now. 
I don't think they have to burn it down, Mark. I think those guys can walk, and that allows them for the first time in forever to have cap flexibility and be creative when it comes to bringing contracts on board or signing people in free agency, something the Penguins have so rarely had the luxury to do in the Crosby. Well, I'll give you an example, Tim. Who would you rather have five-on-five, five, Evgeny Malkin or Vince Trocek? Uh, based on their numbers, five-on-five, five, especially of late, Trocek. Right, and who's going to be cheaper? Trocek. He won't be cheap, but he'll be cheaper. Compared to Malkin, you know, G- yeah. Gino's, Gino's below average five-on-five five now. I know we're not allowed to say that, but he's below average five-on-five. Five. And, Tim, he didn't exactly spark on the power play tonight, did he? No, the power play, well, it's funny. The power play got a goal from the second unit. The under- Again. Yeah, exactly, with Heinen. The unbelievable kick to his own stick goal from Gensel. And then what amounted to, I think they eventually did call it a shorthanded goal, a shorthanded goal from Rodriguez. So after Sullivan skewered, and rightfully so, the special teams following game six, they did a good job until they didn't in the overtime power play. Well, and I, and I thought the Rangers power play had the puck the whole time every power play. Yes. Penguins couldn't win draws on the PK. They couldn't get clears. We saw Igor Shosturkin go from every bit the worthy Vezineta Hart Trophy candidate to all of a sudden incapable for a couple games to finding his game enough down the stretch to be better than whoever the Penguins could put in the that, end. That's net. a good way to put it, Tim, finding his game enough. He wasn't brilliant, but he played appreciably better, exponentially better. What's the big storyline, Mark, that you take from how hockey allowed these games to be officiated in the Rangers-Penguins series? What do you mean just these games? That's how all the games are being officiated. Well, I know. I'm just for folks who have only focused on this series. But, yes, we've seen a lot of that in other series, too. The Rangers came out, hit high, hit illegally, and didn't get called and reap the benefits from it. I'm just not, I'm just not expecting any better. Mm-hmm. I wrote a column about that. The, the hit by Truba on Crosby was outrageous, but it didn't surprise me, and the lack of suspension didn't surprise me. The lack of outrage didn't surprise me. That's what makes hockey hockey, according to those drones who really run the league. I want to go back to what you said about some of the other guys and their ability to come back. You talked about Sid a little bit, not just Jari, but beyond Jari. Um, You know, Brisson sort of had those weird quotes about what is or is not a concussion. What was going on there exactly then? Well, first off, I mean, what's Pat have to do with it? I like Pat, but why is he talking? What's he got to do with it? No idea. (laughs) I don't know. You know, so so that's the first thing I thought of when I saw Pat Brisson's comments. He, of course, is Sidney Crosby's agent. Um, I, I've got to be honest, and I'm not referencing this in particular about anybody. But when I see all these guys come back for Game 7, I wonder if they could have played Game 6. I don't know who to pin that on. And, you know, you and I are talking in the immediate aftermath. We haven't heard Sid or Raquel or Jari or Sullivan speak yet. So maybe that gets flushed out a little bit, if not tonight, then in the next couple days. But, hey, Mark, it's... Well, the Penguins have always been this team with injuries that has erred on the side of caution. And maybe they're not that kind of team anymore when they can always afford to do that. Well, and erred on the side of secrecy, too, for that matter. Well, and maybe, Tim, if it's not going to be a health issue, and by health I mean, you know, a brain injury, something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe if it's something we're only risking a, a hockey injury, you, you play sooner than some of these guys did. And you know, we thought about that for a second or two with DeSmith before we found out that he needed surgery as well. Well, that's right. Yeah. But, but, I, but I still, well, like, like you just alluded to, 
when everything's shrouded in secrecy, stuff like this is going to happen and questions are going to be asked, and I think rightly so. Did we at least see how much hockey Sidney Crosby has left before he got hurt in Game 5? Yeah, he's great. Jake's great. Jake's so good. So if you want hope for the future, pin it on Sid and Jake. Is there any chance they can figure out a way to get Russ back, or does he break the bank too much to, to come back? Well, that depends, Tim. Would you give him $6 million a year for six years? Because I would not. Because he's just too one-dimensional and can only play with Crosby and Gensel, you mean? Well, I think he can play with anybody. For example, I think he'll play with Detroit and get about 18 or 19 goals. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He might want to do that as they continue to rebuild. Is, is that the rumor that you're hearing? Yeah, he, he, well, that's just one of those connected dots. He's a Detroit guy. They have plenty of cap space. Eiserman likes him. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting Gino to go to Dallas and Latang to go to Montreal. At least there's one TV show in Boston saying that Montreal is going to go after Bergeron, too, to try to get all the French-speaking good guys, I guess. I don't know. Well, Alonso Alphonse de la Patrie, le choix de gloire et arrivé. What do you make of the goaltending situation since we got to see all of one game of Tristan Jari in the playoffs? Well, he's your number one. I thought he played, you know, okay tonight. I mean, you know, not great, but passable, don't you? I do think there was some rust that was shown. I think some of his old habits, like being too deep in the net, something he got rid of as he found his groove this season, kind of reappeared. Yeah, but he was he was better than the other guy. No, I, I agree with that, especially after that crab punch attempt at the end of game six. I don't well, even know. lost the series. Right there is where the series was lost, more than at any other moment. Uh, Mark, what do you make of the rest of the playoffs? Uh... I'm not surprised Tampa beat Toronto. Not at all. Um, <laughs> I'm amused. Yeah, I had the Rangers uh, in six. I had the Panthers in six. You know what I'm kind of looking at now? I, I hate to say it, but now that Edmonton's passed the first round and McDavid's playing so great, I think they got a legitimate chance. Do the Steelers have a chance of going two and four in their first six games? Well, yeah, I see people saying they're going to go nine and eight after a bad start. If they get off to a bad start, they're not going nine and eight. Okay, a bad start will start the quarterback controversy. It will start all the distractions. A bad start will mean a bad season, and nowhere near the playoffs were five hundred. They'll never admit it, but I bet you the way that schedule is structured, they start thinking about how that schedule affects a rookie starter, and I wonder if they change their mind or their plan and go with Trubisky early. Oh, I, I bet they do. But I still think if you draft the quarterback who's 24 with 49 starts in college and don't start him right away, you're actually drawing criticism to your pick. Finally, Mark, is there anything more Pittsburgh Pirate than finding a way to win but being no hit in the process? Tim, I don't give a rat's ass about none of that, okay? <laughs> what, what matters is Liverpool are FA Cup champions, which I was at. Nil-nil after extra time, winning in a shootout. It was dramatic. I had the best time. I sat in the middle of a sea of red. I sang all the songs. I hugged people I never met in my life. I drank till almost dawn with people I never met in my life. It, it was just more glorious than D-Day. Seriously, one of the happiest experiences I've ever had as a sports fan. And, Tim, today, West Ham 2, Man City 2, now, if Man City tie or lose on the last day of the season and Liverpool win their last two games, Liverpool win the league as well. And that's not likely, but 
Man City's opponent is Aston Villa, managed by all-time Liverpool great Steven Gerrard, with uh, all-time Liverpool great Philip Coutinho in the midfield. So there will be drama on Championship Sunday. And the Pirates, Tim, who cares about the Pirates? <laughs> well, I don't either, but it's just very funny that the Pirates managed to get a win in a game that they didn't even get a hit. I bet that's not the last time it happened this year. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what the odds were on a payout for the Reds to no-hit the Pirates and still lose. I don't think those odds were on the board anywhere. You can't get those at Bet Rivers, I'm pretty sure. The Pirates are plus 132 with the Cubs at Wrigley. Two lousy teams. I leave this one alone. I wait till tomorrow and give the over in the Mitch Keller game on Wednesday, and then I go under in the Jose Quintana game on Saturday in St. Louis. That's my betting strategy for the Pirates this week. How about a Dodgers-Yankees parlay against the Diamondbacks and Orioles, respectively? That comes back at plus 112. I'll take that, even though it's against Bumgarner for the Dodgers. I'll roll the dice here on this one, and I'll try to make a little in the plus column and be interested in a little baseball after a fine First round of hockey gambling. Mike Pursuta coming up later in the week to talk about that and look at some baseball. Brian Metzer of the Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. He'll join us tomorrow and he'll stay with us throughout the hockey season as well to get us all the way through the Stanley Cup Finals, which at this rate I believe will be awarded in August again sometime. Um, That's when we'll be able to talk football. I may do a little bit of that with Mike too, but just quickly on that front, I tend to agree with the masses. I think that stretch of games to start the season for the Steelers is incredibly difficult where they've got those first six games and if they can go three and three or better well they might be on to something special but I think that's going to be a mammoth task for this team I noticed that Nick Shook of the NFL.com outlet uh, he went through all the schedules and, and didn't really pay attention to just like the mathematics of it the actual strength of schedule he put some sort of more human components into it, you know, travel and timing of the buys and, you know, when you get your division games and consecutive road games and things like that. And he's got the Steelers as the hardest schedule on the books. Uh, For me, I think that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but uh, especially with the way things are at the beginning and at the end, maybe at the end, kind of like this season, it's not so much about how difficult those games are, but how important they are with the Raiders and the Ravens and the Browns to close out the season. Those games aren't just about wins and losses. They very well may be about divisional and conference slash wild card seeding as well. So I think kind of those games get magnified in terms of quote unquote difficulty. Like, you know, Derek Carr plays great against the Steelers every time he plays against them. So yeah, they could be hard, but at the same time, it's the importance of those games when it comes to maybe squeaking in as a wild card or winning the division, uh, maybe being second in the division in front of the likes of the Browns and Ravens, as we saw last season with the way that the schedule wrapped up. All right, that'll do it for us uh, here on the CityCast. Oh, one other thing, Melvin Ingram, speaking of teams that the Steelers will face, they go up against the Dolphins in October. Uh, He signed a contract with the Miami Dolphins. That's of note, so keep that in mind after uh, Ingram and the Chiefs beat the Steelers in the playoffs this year. All right, Mets tomorrow. Plenty more hockey, baseball as well. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast.